You may have seen him on his skateboard. You may have seen him on TV. You may have even seen him climbing the shelves in his local supermarket or sitting on an aeroplane with all that extra legroom. He's best known for his work on stage, inspiring and motivating to the world and all it has to offer. Well, now you can hear him, JC, on his very own show, John Kudis. Instead of JC being interviewed, he's doing the interviewing. And the people lined up to have a chat with John Kudis are some of Australia's and the planet's most well-known celebrities, politicians and everyday people. JC resumes the interview he started on the previous episode. Enjoy. Like myself, I've overcome some pretty significant challenges, whether they be physical, mental, socially. What about you? Like growing up first, did you have any of these stigmas that were attached to ET growing up? And then what about progressing into your careers? Yeah, I, I guess um, I was pretty pretty fortunate. Just had a really good upbringing. Um, mum and dad, and brother and two sisters. Yep. Just the normal thing, local footy club, all that sort of stuff. I I started playing first grade um, at seventeen, so I was doing my my HSC that year. So yep. it was a pretty big wow, year. Wow, pressure. Yeah, so there was a lot of pressure on, and uh, it was it was a, an exciting time for me because you know I'm at school playing first grade down the road at the Cronulla Sharks, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, what did your mates think? Oh, they, yeah, I think everyone, you know, thought it was pretty amazing. It was uh, certainly amazing for Dealer me. Cell? Yeah, Dealer, Dealer, Dealer Cell, Cell. Caringbar? Yeah, Caringbar yeah. and then Cronulla for the well, last you, couple I've of years. I've spoken to both of those quite a number of times. Have you? Yeah, yeah right. Have, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, no, they're, they're good schools. A good, good, good part of the world down there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we got like a very early introduction to first grade and what went on. And that was back in 1983. So right back in the 80s. Wow. It was a different era then. They, yeah. they trained... Tuesday and Thursday nights, they worked as plumbers, yeah, electricians. Well, it wasn't, professional. wasn't professional. Everyone yeah. was doing their normal work, yeah. and uh, and I was going to school, and then I went to uni for a couple of years early. And what did uh, you study? I studied sports science. I okay. did a, yeah, did a um, a two year uh, full time, uh, and then opened a fitness center. So I ran a fitness center for about eight years while wow. I was playing footy. So that yeah. was my day job, and uh, and then you know basically out on the field training a couple of nights a week. Yeah. Went over to Leeds in England for a couple of years as well. Yeah, so, right. I think it played, what, 40-odd games over there? Yeah, and those days were quite amazing because uh, they had their competition in the winter. So I'd finish for the Sharks on, you know, in September and then basically jump on the plane and be there next weekend playing for Leeds for seven wow. months, jump on the plane, come back. come back to the Sharks, play another, se- another so, season. So you didn't have an off-season? For two, yeah, I played back-to-back um, seasons. So wow. I went, well, I think six seasons in a row, sort of. It was, yeah, it was pretty crazy, yeah. So you were non-stop league for three years? Yeah, so I played, I played the Sharks, then Leeds, then the Sharks, then Leeds, then the Sharks. So, wow. yeah, what's that five years of footy constant? Oh, my God. <laughs> what was the closest the Sharkies came to winning a comp while you were playing? Oh, we, we played in uh, probably the Super League year. We had a really good side. Okay. We, played, but we played against the Brisbane Broncos, who had a you know state of origin side. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they just had an incredible team. We had the grand the, the game, the, the Super League grand final was at um, up here in Queensland. So, you know, it was a, a really tough tough uh, gig for us to, to come up here and beat them on their home soil. And yep. they had, you know, the likes of Alfie and, you know, yep. Renouf and the whole works. They had a fantastic side. Um, we had a very strong side as well, and probably the only team that could could have could have beaten them, and we'd beaten them through that year as well. Yep. So you know, we had a, re- a reasonable lineup of players: Matty Rogers and the like, and yep. David Peachy, and a whole pile of really talented boys. 
But, um, you know, in the end, uh, that was probably the closest. And we won minor premiership twice before that. Oh, wow. And, uh, and unfortunately got then? bundled out. Um, Alan Fitzgibbon was the coach. So wow. Alan Fitzgibbon, yeah, he... Um, Actually, his son uh, played for the Roosters for, for many years yep. as well, Craig. Amy Craig. Yeah, that's yep. right. So his dad was our coach right. through those years. when yep. we And then John Lang, we actually had um, success with Johnny Lang. Uh, went to a number of semi-finals with, with John and and um, ended up the Super League final with him. Yeah, and also then Johnny went over to Penrith and took Penrith to a grand final. The, the next year, left the Sharks, went to Penrith. You go to Well, the funny thing was, you know, Sometimes things come come around to haunt you, you know. He ended up, the players sort of thought, right, they'd had enough of John and it was time for him to move on. Yep. And uh, he moved on all right and he won the yep. comp with the Panthers the and, next year. So what a great side that was. It was a great side, yeah. Great you bunch know. of guys. But, yeah, very, very similar talent to what the Sharkies had. But, yep. you know, it's very hard to win a comp. Absolutely. Totally agree. If you could pick any three people dead or alive to sit and never be with, who would they be? Well, I guess uh, I guess for me they'd be, you know, top line sports stars. You know, I'd, you know, I'd love to be able to sit next to someone like Muhammad Ali. Oh, you know? yeah. That'd be pretty amazing. You yeah. know, back in his day when, yeah. um, you know, probably, uh, yeah. Well, if you look at current guys, um, probably Bolt. You know, you're saying oh, Bolt. He looks like Bolt. a good dude too. You he, know, he looks pretty. He's yeah, he's been out. He has. He's been out to Australia a number of times as well. Yep. Um, so he looks like a pretty down to earth sort of guy. But I'd love to love to sit down and chat to him. And then any other mixture of you know Tiger Woods or yep. um, you know Michael Jordan. What an yeah. incredible basketballer that dude was. You know. Oh mate. Um, you know, there's so many amazing athletes who have gone. But I, I, I suppose if I could could go and see someone play, and I haven't seen him play, and I'm booking tickets soon. That's um, uh, Federer, Rod, Roger Federer. Oh, wow. I would love to sit down and, and chat with him. He is he's a, a master. Yeah, he is amazing. He, you know, he would have to be the modern era, the goat of tennis. Absolutely. Oh, like honestly, I've I've I know a lot about tennis with my my daughter played for a lot of years, yep. and I know how hard it is as a sport. And those guys on one, just on one point, can do things that are just incredible. And yep. the amount of physical fitness that they have to have, and they last for hours out on the court. Yep. And every single point is amazing. You yeah. know, like these guys are freaks. They're freaks of nature. Well, so people guys. don't realise that a tennis match can go for an hour or seven hours. Can just keep on going. You know? and, and like at, at in, an incredible level. Like, yeah. you know, just an amazing. Yeah, I, I, I get. I guess the most satisfaction out of watching tennis at that high level. Yeah. You know, out of all the sports I watch. Yeah. Just because I know how hard it is. You've got to sprint over there, then somehow, can you know, concoct some incredible shot to yep. beat your opponent, and then he comes up with something even better, and you've got to come up with better. Oh, my God, it's exhausting. Yeah, I mean, there's only three ways that a tennis match is over. It's either one, it's either injured, or it's by weather. Yeah, that's it. There's no, you can't stop. Sorry, mate. It's two a.m. I can't play anymore. It's they just keep on going. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, no. So yeah, the sports stars I think are the ones that I'd really like to like to sit down and and pick their brains. You know, mate, I've got Kevin Hart, Jackie Chan, Halle Berry. There you go. Hey, hey that's not too bad. Hey? Ah. I know you picked the, picked a nice, good-looking one there, oh, Halle yeah. Berry, at the end. And my wife knows we achieved ah. my hall pass. Mate, yeah, so. right. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it, love it. Did you have, like, heroes growing up as kids? Yeah, I did. I, I, you know, because um, I guess growing up as a kid, 
you know, I still remember the first colour television, you know, but, uh, you know, my heroes were the ones that we got to go and watch and see. So Steve Rogers at Cronulla, he was like the god of Cronulla down yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Incredible athlete, um, you know, scored the tries and kicked the winning goals. You know, he was, he was the reason why I really, you know, followed the Sharkies at a yeah. young age and, and always longed to play for them, you yeah. know. Wow, gee whiz. But, yeah, he was certainly, uh, you know, just a, a fantastic role model. My favourite word is yes. What's yours? Well, it used to be yes. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be yes. Maybe it's it. Fish on. Yeah, f- yeah well, that, that's, that, that's, that's it. Or, yeah, I guess... Uh, not much of that today, though, was it? No, not too much of that today, but... Uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, you, you get to say a lot of yeses and sometimes you, you sort of work out that sometimes you should be able to put your hand up and say, oh, no, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, you've got to make those judgment calls, don't you? You sure do. Absolutely, you, do. you have to, mate. So, yeah. And again, in our era, Batman or Superman, I am mad Superman. Yeah, I'm mad Superman yeah. too. I've always, you know, if I could fly, how oh, good would that how be? How good would that be, no, mate? X-ray vision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the strength? Oh, yeah, my oh, God. Yeah, but, I mean, look at Batman. needs all these adaptions. Oh, He's got yeah. a belt, a car, a cave. He's still pretty cool, but, hey, no, you, you, you can't... You can't you can't compare him to Superman. No man. way in the world, can you? No chance. Mate, in your, in your rugby league career, I can't base this on your, your TV career because you're going so strong, but in your rugby league career, after you retired, did you ever think that you could do a comeback? I think, you, you know, for the first years after you retire, and I, and I probably could have played on for a few more years, yeah. it was just that at 34, I was thinking... Well, gosh, nobody goes on beyond... Back in those days, you yeah. didn't play beyond 34, but, you know, even this year, Gallon's about nearly 38, you yeah, know? I'm well, thinking, wow, I, I could have done that backwards, Yeah, you know? and then you've got Cameron Smith. That's right. But, um, you know, I guess it's uh, it's a changed game now as well. Yes. The game certainly isn't as physical as it once was, and, and people can, you know, have their own opinions about that, but, you know, I, I know how, how the defence has changed the game. Now it's... You grab the guy and you wrestle him down over a five-metre yep. um, uh, area. Back then, you'd shoulder hit and you'd be nailing them backwards. And if you didn't put them backwards, then they'd have the they'd have the option the to get up and do a, a yep. quick play of the ball and have the advantage. Yep. So you had to dominate in defence. Yep. Now you don't dominate nah. with your with your strength. You dominate with your wrestle. Yep. So it's a different whole thing. So it's a softer way to play the game. If the player can go to the ground on his knees, then he's got to get a quick play of the ball. Yeah, so true. now the coaches are teaching their players to roll them on their backs. Yep, that's you know, right. back where you know, there was on average between six and seven seconds between ruts back in the day. Yeah. When now... It's a lot more because of the wasted time. That's right. So know, the wasted so. time in that wrestle. It just the, the more time that they can create in there, they they're happy to forego that five meters or maybe ten meters yep. to get their line back in order and everybody ready to to move up on the next play. Yep. Um, back in that back in our days, we drew a line between myself, the defender, and the attacker. Yep, and they and weren't he, coming and, over that line. And he wasn't coming over that line. And if he did, he'd get the op- option to play the ball quick. Yep. And I couldn't hold him down. Yep. But if I could dominate him in the tackle, and yep. it took a lot of physical effort and strength to do that, yep. but also a shoulder in the belly. And I reckon a lot of these players these days, you know, tackle with their arms. And, yeah, you know, do. some of the tries you see where they just romp in and you kind of go, why didn't he just put his shoulder in? You yeah. would have nailed him easily. 
But all this arm grabbing, I mean, I can't cop it really. A lot of arm grabbing, jersey bullying, you know. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a change. It's a it's a much softer game. I don't care what people no, other I people agree might with you, say. Mate. I totally agree. That's that. It is a softer game, and and there's a lot of players who um, just wouldn't have wouldn't have played as long as they have. Yeah, if they played in, if they played in our era, yep. they'd have been shortened up by you know the the big block of roaches and those guys would have. Or George or, Mal. Yeah, yeah, all those boys would have you know fixed them up. If you could change one rule in the NRL? Well, they brought in the stripping rule this year, and oh, sometimes it frustrates the hell out of you. It just looks uh, it looks so ugly that, you know, the ball one minute's in their hands, the next minute's in the other. I guess it sort of adds a bit more excitement. Yeah, but why ways. does it need to be a one-on-one? If you're not good enough to hold on to that damn ball, yeah, whether right. you've got one or three in the tackle, that, that's where people have fallen it hard to understand. Yeah. Because, you know, you get him three in the tackle, and all of a sudden you can say, I've got the ball, I've got the ball, and then two buck off. You know, and that's that's where it makes it ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I think the thing for me is, I mean, there's been a lot of lot of really good decisions made with you know the head highs and stuff. I've seen players who yeah. played careers with me and who have you know had brain surgery and all sorts of things because yeah. of the head highs and the the bangs they were copping constantly in their heads. So, yeah. you know, for for mine, I think that that was certainly a magnificent rule, and the, and all of these rules looking at safety, yeah. I think, are fabulous in the game. You know, you, some of the teams are trying to abuse that, you know, and, and get around them, but it, re- it really is a good thing, and player welfare is an important thing. Who's your favourite player of the game today? Of the game today? Well, um, yeah, that's a tough one. It's you a got tough me on the spot here, because, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of really good players out there who I, I enjoy watching. I you know, if, if it was a couple of years ago, I would have said probably Billy Slater or someone like that. But I guess Tedesco is probably the the player at the moment who I really enjoy watching him play. Yeah. He's um, just in, involved in everything. He's just one of those players that uh, is, you know, he, he's in the in the limelight of the game. He's not somebody who hides. He's in the forefront all the time. He's setting up tries, yeah. catching bombs. He's doing last-minute desperation tackles. Yeah, puts yeah. the body on the line. Body on the line. You know, I think... I think he'd, he'd be uh, certainly um, uh, right up there in my in my opinion as, as one of the great players at the moment. I think one of Teddy's biggest attributes is his speed over 10 to 15. Oh, it's incredible. Speed and the short steps him, that he takes. Oh. So he takes short steps and that means he's really balanced. He yep. can move left and right at ease without... You know, guys with long strides, I was a bit of a long strider, but it meant, you know, if you got a bit of a knock, you were almost off balance because your your legs were too far apart. But the guys with the short steps, wow, they just motor around the field and always look like they're in, you know, in control. And they make the big guys look lazy. Oh, they do. They can really damage them around, the big guys around the ruck. Now, I asked you about a rule in the NRL. What about a rule in the environment, mate? Now, with you so so heavily involved in the environment with your fishing and, and conservation and stuff, what about a rule in the environment? What would you change? Yeah, I'd say that it would be illegal to take plastic out on the water. You know, any yeah. plastic containers, plastic bags, they just, you know, they, they cause so much damage yeah, out there. And yeah. I've been to some other countries where, you know, the trade winds have blown in plastic and it's just like, you know, beaches just flooded with this stuff. And oh, then you've no. got, you've got uh, you know, marine animals hooked up in all of the plastic as yeah. well and you know so I'd, I'd say definitely the number one thing to go no no plastic near the water for yep. sure yeah you know you know fishing out there today and towards the end of the day i i cast my soft out and it actually donked right on the turtle 
I hit the turtle right in that bang, got him. <laughs> Didn't even see me, just came wow. up with the wrong diamond, got him. Yeah, oh, straight on the back. Yeah, thank goodness. Thank goodness didn't hurt him too much. What advice would you give to people about the environment and about coming into the NRL? What would you say? But these young players that are coming through, what, what would be the, the key thing that you would say to them on, on having a career in the NRL? Having a career, I think uh, um, the, the most important thing is, is that, you know, to try to be the, the most consistent player you can be so that you want to be able to play at the highest level repeatedly. Yep. So not a great game this week and a terrible game next, next week. week yep. But when you know as a young kid coming in I think the most important thing is have respect. Yep. Um, respect all the players around you, respect everybody who yep. you're playing with and against. And you know for young players coming through, you know I'd say sit down and work out, you know the 10 things that you don't do so well work and work hard on those because you know when you first uh, first come in to grade, you've got these skills, but you've probably got a dozen that you really are hopeless at. Yeah. Even though you've got these grand ones that sort of, you know, make you look fantastic, yeah. you've got all these other ones that are going to let you down. Yeah. But if you can make those as strong as the ones, the good ones you've got, you're going to be in a, a player that can go on and maybe not only play for your, your club, but for your state and your country. You know, well, that's also a great analogy for life, because, you know, everyone has things that they're not good at that they need to excel in. But they get so hell-bent and worried about things that they're already good at instead of working on the things that they're not so good at. You know, and I think that if we can all work on those things that need the attention and the work on, well, I think, you know, personally, that will enable us to go a whole lot further with whatever it is that we want to do. Yeah, I think, I think in life, you know, you, you, should never, you should never be at a point where you stop learning. Absolutely. And you should, you should always be sucking everything in you can and, you know, yeah. looking at people who who you believe are successful and, and sort of looking at their qualities and what they've actually um, attained and the way that they present themselves and the way that they, they live their life and then going about actually thinking about some of the things that you can incorporate in your own life. So, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of, lot of things out there. There's a lot of positives out there, a lot of real positive people like yourself out yeah. there that, that, you know, many, many people can learn a lot of. Oh, mate. I've got two more questions. If you didn't do NRL, if you didn't play the NRL and you didn't do TV for fishing, what would you do? Fitness? Yeah, I guess I've, um, I was always a pretty athletic kid, so, you know, I suppose I would have been involved in some sport. You know, if I was born in Victoria, I was probably going to be an AFL player. Yeah. But, you know, I think uh, in, in if I was born in some other areas, it might have been a soccer player. But I think sport always was something that I, I had a, um, uh, you know, real liking for and, yes. and something that I found quite easy to do and and uh, and I was able, you know, I was fast runner, so it sort of um, really, really helped to uh, put me in a, a good position in, in rugby league. But, yes. yeah, I suppose another sport for sure. You know, things like music, I you know, I, I, I don't play any instruments yes. and, you know, it's probably a regret of mine that I... You know, over the years, I've said to myself, oh, right, this year I'm going to learn this or I'm going to learn that. But I never actually, you know, whilst I might have started, I never actually finished. And, uh, you know, I think music would have been another uh, something creative that I would have loved to have delved in. Any of the girls playing instruments? They, um, none play any instruments very well. They all have, they can all play something, but um, actually three of them were, were quite good singers but uh, they've all moved into different other areas, which, you know, they're 
they're gaining success in. Yep. So it's oh, quite no, good it's exciting. Last question. Fire away, JC. How do you want to be remembered? Probably be remembered as, as somebody very easy to, to come up and chat to. Yep. Somebody, somebody with uh, time for others. And, you know, if I can sort of, uh, you know, if somebody comes up to me, I'll probably stand there and talk to them for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> I've seen this happen. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I just feel that, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I remember one time I, I had, you know, a, a person who was a rugby league star and I thought, wow, this dude's the greatest. And I went to a Cronulla match once and he, his team, he wasn't a Sharky player, but he was playing the Sharks and I went up to him and asked for his autograph on this card and, you know, he just grabbed it off me and didn't look at me, just, oh, just scribbled no. on it and just, you know, he went handing it back to me and dropped it on the, on the ground and I just went, oh, and it just left a really dull... Yeah, horrible feeling within myself. Yeah, and I think from that day on, I you know always went about making sure that you know I never never um, never had that in my life. Yeah. And you know, I, I guess all the years of football and the twenty years of fishing and television stuff after that, I, I don't think I've ever um, you know if someone comes up for a chat, I'm always willing to sit down and yeah. have a chat with them. And I have seen that, mate. Look, we've been up here um, fishing in the Flathead Classic, and I have. Seen, you know, you're part of. We're a part of a great team, Surf Coast Marine, and I have seen people at the uh, presentations and all that come up to approach you and have photos, and not once have you ever turned anyone away or or anything like that. So I can't imagine you being like that at all. In fact, in, in you know years we've known each other, you've never, I've never seen you turn anyone away or, or anything like that, mate. That's that's a great quality. Well, I, I, you know, if if you if that's that's uh, that's what I'm known for at the end, I'll be I'll be a happy man. Yeah, bloody <laughs> very good. Well, a massive thank you to my mate uh, Andrew Anderson for sitting down with me today for JC's Rolling Success Show. I hope you have enjoyed it. Stay tuned for the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, JC. Cheers, JC. You've just listened to John Cudis's Rolling Success Podcast Show. Please make sure you subscribe to listen to all the podcasts and follow John Kudis on all social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn.